This episode of Stuck in the East has been brought to you by... Good morning, Captain. Good morning, Captain. For you, maybe. Will you get a haircut? Yes, sir. The 80s Cruise. Find out more at the80scruise.com. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And today, we dive back into a brand new series on rock stars gone solo in the 80s. Why should he do your music? He's been getting along just fine without it. Next thing you know, you'd be wanting to use his motorcycle. With me as always, to him at least, Heaven on Earth is located right next to his beloved meat smoker. It's Brad in L.A. You know, I did a brisket this weekend, Steve. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Look at those steaming weenies. You know what they're saying, Larry? They're saying this is the year that Fink beats the stomach. Did you say brisk or brisket? A brisket. I'm always brisk on the weekends, like okay. my tea. No, it was like 20 hours. I started it at 8 o'clock on Friday night and got up a couple times in the middle of the night to check on it. <laughs> you smoked your meat for 20 hours? Come on. I don't want to see it. Well, technically, no, but... Because once it comes off, you wrap it in foil at a certain point because you can't keep it moist. So these things are beyond me because I live in as most people now know I live in an apartment, you know, where it's ninety eight degrees outside today. And so you just just, you just set it out on the patio. Yeah, that is warm, huh? Warm? No, this is a setting for London broil. So rock stars gone solo in the eighties. Now we started this a few weeks ago. Yeah, there's no there's no best friend like a new best friend, and that's (laughs) this series. And here's the interesting thing. So we started it, and we wanted to make an effort to be really diverse. And so we wanted to pick all different genres of music and different genders. And what and the reaction we're expecting from our, our listening public is like one of adoration and awe and appreciation. And you know, instead, the usual. First time in my life, I don't feel like a total dick. Yeah, me either. <laughs> instead, what we get is, how dare you say that Lionel Richie's a rocker? That's like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know that. That's absolutely true. But, I mean, he did have a pretty successful solo career after a pretty successful band career. I don't just, know. Just, just Work with us, people. Break. Just give us a break on the whole rock thing, okay? It's like, it, don't take it literally. There's, there's going to be a lot of people that we're going to talk about. They're going to be pop and post-punk and, yeah. and new wave. It's like, you, just like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame kind of uses that word very loosely, so will we. But the whole point of it is that we're going to take a look at people who were in successful bands uh, and some unsuccessful bands, but really um, had an impressive solo career in the 80s. So last time we had uh, Lionel Richie, we had uh, Lita Ford, we had – was it Lindsey Buckingham? Lindsey Buckingham, yeah. And who was the other guy? <laughs> oh, Pete Townsend. <laughs> Pete Townsend, of course. For some reason, like the one I wanted who? most of all, I can never remember. Who, who so. are you? 
Tell the, me, um, who are you? So let's jump right in. Brad, who's your first uh, rocker gone solo? My first rocker, and this chick brings it, Spearsy. She's a rocker. That's right. I'm talking about Belinda Carter. So that's Mad About You from her uh, debut solo album. Um, you know who played the guitar solo on that, Steve? I do, as a matter of fact, because I've interviewed him, uh, Andy Taylor from Duran Duran. It's indeed the, the case. There are a lot of uh, kind of high-profile guests uh, on that album. Uh, like Charlotte Caffey played on it. Lindsey Buckingham wrote some songs or a song. Susanna Hoffs contributed a song. So Obviously, Belinda was the lead singer for the Go-Go's. You might have heard of them. They get bandied about as one of the most successful girl bands of the 80s. I think they're one of the most successful bands of the 80s. Girl, boy, alien, mutant, whatever. I mean, wow. they, they are this. They are one of the one of the sounds of the 80s. Okay, I'll say that they're a sound of the 80s. I don't know that I would say that they're one of the most successful. Uh, I think they were pretty... Well, they were at their peak. They were... You, you couldn't touch them. You, they, uh, didn't, like, they didn't play stadium shows. or I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, but I'm just... I just well okay. I mean, I'll accept. Maybe we can meet in the middle. I think that that sound is a definitive sound of the eighties. Yes, and whether 100%. we knew it then, yes. we know it now. And I absolutely wanted to sleep with every member of the band. Oh, yeah. so that, Twice that alone makes them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which well, sets them apart from say like the Who or you know Adam and the Ants. Um, so the Go Go's were not her first band. That's not surprising. She was a drummer for the Germs for a little while and played under the stage name Dottie Danger. Dottie Danger <laughs> sounds like a cartoon. I know. Danger's your middle name. That's interesting because Danger's my last name. Okay, so in '85 the Go Go's disbanded uh, for any number of reasons, and she started cranking out the solo stuff. Um, I don't think we can really, with any fair conscience, call that rock. It's all kind of schmoopy pop, uh, but it's pretty solid for that genre. Um, I guess that's kind of damning it with faint praise a little there. But, I mean, she was really quite successful as a solo artist. I don't think she was as popular as the Go-Go's were, but no, uh, she and, had and a be, fair share of hits. Yeah, and to be honest, I saw her perform once live. Um, I've never seen the Go-Go's, but I've seen Belinda Carlisle perform. Uh, she was on the bill for the regeneration, she was a regeneration tour. tour one year, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was on the regeneration tour, and I think she was like you know maybe the third person on stage. Yeah, and I <laughs> I feel bad about saying this because I mean uh, you know I I love the eighties, but um, I pretty much fell asleep during her set. Uh, you know, like I said, it's uh, you know there's you know music when you lost your girlfriend, but this is all music when you you love your boyfriend so so much. I have, oh, I and so you and I didn't really have access to those emotions in the eighties, so the music didn't really get to us. Well, I, I can tell you right now, I didn't have access to it in two thousand seven <laughs> either. Um, I think that was the year of regeneration. But she, I remember, I distinctly remember her on stage, and like we had already seen. Naked Eyes and yeah. maybe Wang Chung. No, Wang Chung wasn't on this tour. Okay, and because um, I know I saw this tour too. Katie and I went to this one. Okay, but I remember like after being on my feet for for two sets, she comes out there and I'm just like, 
comfy chair. And well, I remember, I remember being low. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not like exaggerating. I fell asleep in my seat. <laughs> I thought you're you're literally no, 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 no. I'm not exaggerating. I fell asleep, and I, I vaguely remember hearing "Circle in the Sand" like over and over again, like Just like I was in some lulling sort of pur- you to sleep. Yeah, like a purgatory sort of thing. <laughs> well, I saw that tour with Katie, and we saw the Go Go's a couple years ago, maybe two or three years ago now, at the Hollywood Bowl, and they sounded great. You know what? They, that's you know the Go Go's are touring, I think, every summer now. Um, and you know, if you haven't seen them, yeah, go go see it. It's a it's a fun night. They they do service to their hits. Um, it's they were they were fun. Is there a deeper cut from Berlinda Carlisle that you'd like to show? show yeah, you? yeah. So uh, she had three solo albums in the eighties. The last one in nineteen eighty nine is "Runaway Horses." George Harrison plays a lot of guitar on this album, and there are a couple hits off of it. But the song that I like from this one is called "Deep Deep Oceans." Spearsy, Spearsy, wake up, wake up. <laughs> We're recording. Oh, my God. Did, did it happen again? <laughs> it might have. I, she does circle have a very soothing voice. Very soothing. You I'm going to start using deeper, Circle in the Sand whenever deeper. I have insomnia, I think. <laughs> I was going to play it on my headphones in my in bed. Oh, so poor in the sand. Okay, well, now I'm, I'm looking forward to all the mail I'm going to get for that pick. Uh, who you got first, Spearsy? Okay, now this is an interesting pick. Um... This man's first album with his original group sold only 30,000 copies. But it was so influential that uh, Brian Eno once uh, commented that uh, even though it only sold 30,000 albums, everyone who bought one of those 30,000 copies started a band. (laughs) (laughs) I speak, of course, of trash. I speak, of course, of the great Lou Reed. Now, I will admit that I Love You, Suzanne is not his best work. No, but it's a good song. It might be one of the my least favorite Lou Reed songs. But when, you, but when you're an 80s fan, like a casual 80s fan, it's a song at least you know. Yeah. So maybe it's your entry point to Lou Reed. I was a huge fan of that Velvet Underground, of which he was the front man and guitarist. Um, like Brian Eno said, that band influenced the band I was in in the 80s and early 90s, uh, Epic Trash. And uh, and we covered a few of their songs, but Lou Reed's solo stuff is so incredibly deep. He started uh, as a solo artist. The, the Velvet Underground, I think, made it to about 1970 or so. And yeah. shortly after that, Lou Reed he launches his uh, 
solo career, you probably know most people would probably know him from Walk on the Wild Side. Yeah, or sure. Satellite of Love. Satellite of Love has been covered by everyone. I mean, we could actually use that in one of our cover shows. Yeah, we could. Um, and then Sweet Jane, which was a, originally a Velvet Underground song, but Lou re-recorded live in 73. Hey, wait a minute. We actually have talked about that on one of our cover shows. So Lou Reed, of course, died in 2013. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014. But during the 80s, he cranked out six solo albums. Did he really? Six of them. Man. Um, only one of them went gold. It was uh, the album called New York. From uh, 1989, Rolling Stone called it, I think it was ranked number 19 in, in their list of best albums of the wow. 80s. And it gives us what I would call a, uh, a deep cut, even though it really isn't. This is from the album New York. This is the song called Dirty Boulevard. And fly, fly away from this dirty boulevard. I want to fly, yeah. From the dirty boulevard, I want to fly. From the dirty boulevard, I want to fly, 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 fly. From the dirty boulevard, I want to fly away. So what do you think of Dirty Boulevard? I, I love this song. This is just, I think this is my favorite Lou Reed song. I don't even remember. I remember buying this album on, on CD back in 89 when it first came out. I, I saw like a video for him singing uh, Last Great American Whale. Okay. And which is an amazing song too. I could have picked that. I always try to pick the more accessible songs though. Uh it's a fun it's it's a horribly bleak and depressing and awful song <laughs> about uh, the rich versus the poor in New York City but uh, it's but it's so peppy well yeah i mean it's yeah it's just a great song it is a, it's a fun song i really um i would love to have interviewed him i don't know what he would have been like as an interview but yeah that would be i kind of a wild card about, and talk about being like woefully underqualified to do that <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't know. Don't sell yourself short, Spearsy. No, no. I mean, there's certain people that get to interview Lou Reed, and I'm not one of them. So, well, that I mean, list is pretty short these days. <laughs> yeah, he's very, very short. Let's move along. Who do you have as your next uh, rocker gone solo in the '80s? Okay, my next one. We've talked about this guy quite a bit on the podcast too. My next choice: lead singer and keyboard player, principal songwriter from Roxy Music, another band that was. Uh, that's widely cited as a big influence on all our favorite 80s bands. Uh, I give you Brian Ferry. You know, a lot of people say that they can't name a Brian Ferry song, and then you say Slave to Love, and they're like, oh, oh, that's him. Really? I need to talk to those people. It's one of those weird songs. Everyone knows this song, because obviously it was from nine and a half uh, weeks. Sure. Was it? Did they use it in that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being funny? Yes, I am. I, Are you, you know being what? funny? Are you trying to be funny, Williams? <laughs> you Cut know that what? shit out. My my brain just kind of froze for a second, and I wanted to say nine and a half months. But I think that's a movie with Hugh Grant and Tom Arnold. 
saying. <laughs> so it's like, ah, big difference. Oh, yeah. Neither that, of them looks if, good in a red dress. Yeah, and if Slave to Love ever played in nine and a half months, that would be very in, uh, inappropriate. That would be but, interesting, uh, yeah. So Brian Ferry had done solo stuff all the whole time that he was in Roxy Music as well. Um, he actually released a couple albums of standards in the early 70s. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, oh. while I was doing my research for this, I heard a cover or his cover of You Are My Sunshine. Oh my gosh, that's the most depressing version of You Are My Sunshine I've ever heard. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. Yeah, I thought Dirty Boulevard was depressing. Yeah, you are my sunshine. In 1982, uh, after Avalon, Brian Ferry decided he was just going to do solo stuff, and that was pretty much it for uh, Roxy Music. Uh, 85, he released Boys and Girls, which has Slave to Love. That um, was the number one album in the UK during the summer of 1985, and uh, it was replaced at the top of the charts by, any guesses, Steve? Uh, nope. Marillion's Misplaced Childhood, <laughs> 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 which we talked about at length sometime on some shows in January. Marillion. Yeah. You can't keep some bands down. I just keep coming back to say hello. And then in 1987, his other solo album from the, uh, the decade is Bet Noir. Uh, in which he tried to make his music a little more danceable. So he brought in Patrick Leonard, who's best known for working with your favorite artist, Steve. Oh, God, no. Madonna. And I think it shows. Pink Floyd's David Gilmore also plays on this album. Um, they were famously were on stage together at uh, Live Aid. I don't know if you remember any of that set. I guess there were quite a few technical difficulties with the sound system during that. Oh, geez, for everybody that day. Yeah. So that's his solo output for the 80s. Um, he did some stuff in the 90s, but eh, who cares about that? Uh, and as a, I, again, I wouldn't call this a deep cut because this was one of the singles off the album, but the, the second song I want to give you is uh, Limbo. This is one of those songs that when I heard it, I ran out and bought the album. Um, I love the song. I don't know if you've seen the video, if you remember it. It is yeah, kind of like the uh, the Lindsey Buckingham video from the last show. It is <laughs> super groovy. It is just really super artsy. The guy that directed it is a fashion photographer. And it's just, uh, it's, it's out there. Uh, it's got a lot of like these kind of Matisse cutout like graphics in it, not to get too highbrow here for stuck in the eighties, but uh, yeah, it's worth a look. You know what? It, it always makes me sad about well, it doesn't always make me sad, but when I talked to um, Jim Kerr from simple minds uh-huh. and um, he had talked about Roxy music being a influence on in his band. And I told him that a lot of people that I had talked to had said that, and he said uh, that he was going to pass that along to to Brian Ferry because he felt like <laughs> what <laughs> he fe- he felt like he was going to pass that along to Brian Ferry because Brian was feeling like 
he hadn't done much with his music career. Like, really? It, it didn't make a difference. That oh my god! Influence anybody? Are you kidding? Everybody no. says Roxy music. Everybody. I know. I know. But but he was saying that that's not how Fairy felt. I mean, that's like that's like Phil Collins saying, "Oh, you know, no one really liked my solo stuff. Everyone's ragging on it." I'm like, come on! Look no, at the- come on, Phil. You yeah. that's the studio. It's all good. <laughs> but no. I, seriously, he honestly that, that's a shame if he feels that way because yeah. I don't I don't think anything could be further from the truth. I think no. that Roxy music is. You know, I think didn't we didn't we use them as our one of our you know foundations of the eighties yeah, sound yeah. bands? Yeah, and I think I told that same story then. Come on, but Brian, it's, if, it's, if, it's if we say you're foundational, you're foundational. Who you're, we're the authorities on this stuff? Yeah, I know somebody. Somebody emailed me in the last six months or so and said, "Are you ever going to do a Brian Ferry show?" And I told him I would love to do a Brian Ferry show, but I'm I'm still kind of holding out hope that I might actually get to interview him someday. <laughs> that would be so great! That would be such a so. cool interview. For some reason, the prospect of, of interviewing Lou Reed scares the hell out of me. But for but, but uh, Brian Ferry, uh, eh. oh, so you uh, so you kicked Brian Eno out of a band? Great, let's talk. Yeah, well, British musicians also are a lot easier to interview than American ones too. That has been my uh, experience anyway. So I, I can imagine that Brian would be much more down to earth. We should get our publicist working on that. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, we don't have one. <laughs> Add that to the list of things that stuck in the eighties doesn't have paying advertisers, <laughs> corporate space, official website. Oh my god, I have to cheer myself up. I don't know that this artist is gonna do it, but I'm gonna give it a shot. This is gonna be everyone's uh top vote for most obscure solo rock rocker of the eighties. The lead guitarist and vocalist for the band, Robbie Robertson. Now, a lot of people are probably saying, Robbie Robertson, Robertson. what exactly is the thinking here? Kevin Wench, who does our uh, Lost and Found series on the blog, um, this last week did Robbie Robertson. It was the second song he's actually done of Robbie, I think, over the last three years. Yeah. And I started reading about it and started looking. And it's funny because I just watched The Last Waltz, which, of course, is the farewell concert by the band. I think that was... Released in 1987 as a documentary by Martin Scorsese. So I just watched the movie. I just read Kevin's blog item. And and we were just, you and I, talking about doing another one of these shows. I'm like, yeah. well, it's got to be Robbie Robertson. So anyway. It's front of mind. Yeah. I like so, the song, Showdown at Big Sky. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Robbie only had one solo album in the 80s, but it's a good one. Uh, it's a self-titled album, but it included contributions from Peter Gabriel and members from U2. Huh. And you say, oh, that's kind of odd, but consider the time period, 1987. Yeah. U2 at that time was working on Joshua Tree, and Peter Gabriel was working on So. So you have two amazing acts together working on some of their best work, and then they step in and help out Robbie Robertson with his work. The one song that I think I want to use as my deep cut, it's almost kind of a duet of sorts with Bono, and the title is... Sweet fire of love. Yeah. 
I hadn't heard this before. I, this is a great song. It's almost like a not to do disservice to Robbie Robertson, but it's like a Lost U two song. It sounds, it is. you know, it's it's got that infinite guitar sound and a uh, really cool song. It is a fun song. Uh, when I discovered this, I was really taken by it. I thought this is this is like like you know finding a, a lost time capsule or something like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're like, oh yeah. Take it could have been another cut. It could have been another cut off the Joshua Tree. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's an interesting one. If you if you're a fan of uh, Peter Gabriel, you two try listening to this album. It's an interesting album. It's got. I mean, it's definitely of its time. Yeah. And uh, Robbie Robertson, obviously a very uh, important musician uh, over the decades. So, was now is he is he a uh, American or is he an Englishman? He's Canadian American. Canadian American. Okay. <laughs> how I how I'm able to recall that. Right now, when I can't even like spell my own name, is beyond me. <laughs> I just I wondered because the showdown at Big Sky is very much you know the video is a western basically, and I just wondered if that's you know if that was driven by you know Europeans have this sometimes fascination with the American West, and I kind of wondered if that played into that. But it sounds like that theory is about as holy as your underwear. So, <laughs> oh, that's not nice. <laughs> Do you know what would be nice? The, the Seggies. Uh, the Miscore Frame of Reader Mailbag. Um, we have a letter today from Trinette, Trinette Mackey, who um, listened to our last show, which included a review of Duran Duran's new song, Pressure Off, and she would like to voice her opinion as well. Bradley, take it away. Okay, Trinette, I'm going to try and do the, the rage contained herein. Uh, <laughs> A service. Um, hi, guys. I want to weigh in with an opinion on Duran Duran Pressure Off. My first listen made me so mad about this teen pop glossy overproduced song that I couldn't give it anything but vitriol. Plus, the ludicrous air quote cover art close air quote is so lame it only made matters worse. Did Nick Rhodes make a D2 sticker book for the five and under set? Bah! Are you getting the tone there, Steve? I feel her pain. Okay, okay, here we go. Subsequent listens have helped me lighten up a bit. Well, that's good, Trinette. It's only music. It's not worth dying over. They're trying to be more current. I get it. It does have a good hook. I just wish it had been more rock and less pop. I want more edge. Less O-O-O. All you need is now was so good. This seems a little phoned in. All in all, I would give it a low B-. minus. That's called a C+. Compared to most top 40, it is on par with anything else out today, but that's not saying a lot. Compared to their past work, I think I'd put it above thank you and alongside pop trash. I hope they have something better up their sleeves. Still stuck in the 80s, Trinette. Oh, my God. I think I'm in love with Trinette. That's, that is such better articulated uh, copy than I gave in last week's show. Well, I don't she think she's wrong. It. I don't think she's wrong. It is more poppy than Rocky. Um, I liked it. I'm just going to stand by that, but I'm notoriously easy to please. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you are. Um, as always, send your letters to SITAs at gmail.com, Steve in the 80s at gmail.com, or Brad in the 80s at gmail.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for a mystery movie moment. For some <laughs> reason, this, the title alone, makes me want to laugh. Um, as you might recall, a few weeks ago, we had a show with a um, very difficult, we thought, um, movie quote, and only one person got it right, the great Kevin Wench. Kevin Pipe Wench. Yep. So we put it out there again with another quote, 
and um, people got it right this time. So pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. No one wants to hurt you or your daddy. You liar. You're supposed to kill him, and I know it. I'd advise you to do what my daughter says. And you know why she's wanted. Remember the soldier at the airport? Yes, that's Firestarter. For you, Daddy. <laughs> because we all own that sucker on DVD, don't we? Well, you know, I was trying to go a little deeper into the deeper into the collective zeitgeist there. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's all good. So read the winners. Winners. Well, let's mention Kevin Wench again, just because we can. And he's right here on the list of winners. Also, accompanying Kevin on the list, Billy from Paducah, Brian Newt Newton, Ken Ward. Ricardo Guterres, Marty Yu, Tim in Media PA, Tom, I lied to Sully about killing him last in Austria, Pinhead, Don in Tulsa, Renee in Florida, and Shazam from St. Louis. Okay, now here's the deal. Because I was feeling, I had a little moxie this morning. Moxie. Moxie. I like I, your uh, moxie. Like I, I had a lot of it this morning. It's, since obviously disappeared, I'm running on fumes right now. Moxie fumes. Uh, that's today's band <laughs> name. Fumes. They open for and, epic trash. And still, it's it's just as sucky as that last Duran Duran song. Um, we have a movie montage, a mystery movie montage. Ooh, I like so, what you did there. It's very alliterative. So, and the winner this week, we're only going to give away. We're only going to pull from the people who get this right, and they will win. Assuming Brad agrees. Yeah, of uh, course. Is autographed Leah Thompson photograph, uh, which says something like, "What does it say?" It says a little story behind this. So, a friend of mine was in Las Vegas at a convention, and she was signing uh, photographs. And he basically called me. He was like, "Do you want me to get you one?" I'm like, "Of course, I want you to get me one." And and I said, "And if she'll do two, get her to sign one for Stuck in the '80s. We can give it away." So it says, "Thanks for being stuck in the '80s, Leah Thompson." Super oh nice. I know. Can you believe it? I, I love this woman, and I'm grateful to my friend Mike from the Knight Rider Online site for getting that for us. I have decided that since I made the montage, and I already know the answers, that I should have a leg up on winning the prize. We'll put you in the hopper. <laughs> He's making Xerox of it. <laughs> yeah, actually. He's scanning it for I'll me. I'll scan it. Absolutely. Done and, and done. And then I can print it out, and I can pretend like uh, it's mine. You can sleep with it on your pillow. Ooh, I won't be sleeping with it. <laughs> Oh, that's not right. I feel bad. I've, uh, I've, check, sullied the good name. <laughs> I've sullied the good name of Stuck in the 80s. Wait a minute. We don't have a good name. That's... <laughs> it's going to work out just fine. So okay. I, enough of that. I guess we got to play this montage. Okay. So here's save the Save us, montage. Save us. I'm going to give you a couple hints ahead of time. There's, there's five movie clips. Because it's kind of confusing, I introduce each one of them with the number one sound effect that we all love. Ooh. Um, and then um, those vocal lessons are paying off. <laughs> you, hey, I'll go back and do Jimmy Stewart if you don't shut your clam, <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. They're all female. They're all from movies that were, you know, they made money. They're some of them. <laughs> they're they're from movies that you probably you've seen most of them. I all these say. movies were projected at twenty four frames a second. Yeah. To get it right, you have to name you have to name them in order: the actress who speaks the line and the movie. Okay. And I will give away that that in the case of this, all the actresses in their roles in this movie are either the star or at least a co-star, you know, or you know. So it's not know, some weird cameo where no, Madonna, it's not Madonna some, shows up for one line, right? It's are not you reading some, that paper? Yeah, it's, they're not <laughs> obscure. 
these these are these are title roles or you know co-title roles. Okay, so anyway, cool. I hope I haven't made it too easy, but uh, you know that's fine. It, the competition should be stiff. Uh, okay, ready? Here we go. Number one. I couldn't help but notice that you two groups of people are about to start killing each other, and I was wondering if you could please just wait on that until we could get off the train. Number two. Maybe we work for Joel now. Number three. Thank God it's not sticky. I just hate it when it's sticky. Number four. If you close your eyes, you can see the music. You can, too. Number five. I'm sorry things got so screwed up. Wow, that's really all I wanted to say. How many did you get, Brad? Uh, well, first pass, I think I got three. Okay. I'm guessing you missed number three and number one. Okay. I'll go back. I'll go back and listen to it again so that I could win the, the signed picture. Oh, wait, <laughs> I already have one. I already have one of my own. This you is suck. to Brad. <laughs> yeah. Don't scan the one that she signed to you and send it to me. That would be a dick thing to do. <laughs> just cross it out and write Steve on it and send it to you. Yeah. Nice. I'll play it one more time so you don't have to sit there and back up your machine 20 times. Here's the montage one more time. Number one. I couldn't help but notice that you two groups of people are about to start killing each other. And I was wondering if you could please just wait on that until we could get off the train. Number two. Maybe we work for Joel now. Number three. Thank God it's not Sticky. I just hate it when it's sticky. Number four. If you close your eyes, you can see the music. You can, too. Number five. I'm sorry things got so screwed up. Wow, that's really all I wanted to say. If you know it, again, I need the actress's name and the movie. Uh, email us at sites at gmail.com, brad in the 80s or steven at gmail.com, and we will draw from the pool of winners for the uh, Leah Thompson autograph photo. <laughs> ah, the Miscore Frain of Name That 80s tune. Uh, you know the drill here. We play a snippet of a song from the 80s, and if you can get it right, you're entered into the drawing for the, whatchamacallit, bottle opener, right? Bottle opener. Bottle opener. So, interestingly enough, here was the clip from our last show. Yes, that's Buffalo Stance by Nina Cherry. I can honestly say that I didn't get this right, personally. Well, I I, I did this kind of to tick you off. Uh, I went to late 80s. <laughs> it's kind of a jerk move. Well, you know. You know, it's funny, though. Come to think of it, you're, you doing that, I got an email today from a guy named, I'm going to read it right now, Dave Kinzer, who basically said, I get the impression that you and some of the others you podcast with don't think much of music from the late 80s. <laughs> I must take issue with that opinion. 
Take Foolish Beat by Debbie Gibson, for instance. The lyrics and saxophone solo will rip your heart out. Mm. And even if you don't like it, give her a break. She was only 17 at the time. Anyway, he writes a nice a long letter, but he, he actually tells me that he's actually just recently written a book. Um, and he's sending me a copy to review, and I'll write it up for the blog. Nice. So anyway. Yeah, just so I, I went late late 90s. I'm sorry. I went late 80s to uh, just try and you know, throw a bone to those people that are mad at us for always picking you know, Euro Trash from 1983. God knows I love 1983 Euro Trash, though. Oh, it's good stuff, my friend. Okay, so read some of the winners. Winners this week include Cindy in Franklin, Jean-Marc Bovee, Kim Engler in North Liberty, Iowa, Bald Butts in Mandurah, Western Australia, who wonders if he can have a bottle opener if he pays for postage to Australia. Yeah, that's an interesting question, Bald Butts. X Bruce X in Sinking Spring, Pennsylvania, Bryant in Northern Virginia, Lisa Brown, Joseph Perdue, Tim in Harrisburg, Carol Jansen, Charles from Yorktown, and Edward in El Paso. Okay, let's spin the wheel and see who won the bottle opener. And looks like it's going to be, ah, X Bruce X in Sinking Spring, Pennsylvania. There we go. Interesting. Uh, bald butts. I will do the due diligence and see if I can find out how much it costs to, hey, to mail I, a bottle I sent opener. one to Canada, so, you know, what the heck, bald butts. If you win it, I'll send it to you. Uh, by the time it reaches you, we may not still be using that bottle opening technology, but that's okay. That's true. It might be, you know, might be Mad Max time. Who knows? <laughs> it might already. We haven't heard much from Australia lately. It might have already happened. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Bruce, send us your snail mail address, and uh, bald butts, go ahead and send yours too, and we'll see what we can do. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at sidagentgmail.com or any of those other addresses that I know by heart and, and I spit it out in such a nonsensical way that everybody kind of rolls their eyes. And tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. The Amazing Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk will return after these messages. <laughs> Watch me scare Fred out of his pebbles. Yo, Martians! <laughs> Delicious. Barney! Whoops. Got a blast on? Host Pebble Cereal, part of this nutritious breakfast. Cruise back to the 80s on the first ever 80s cruise. That's right, seven days in the most radical party to ever hit the high seas with a totally awesome lineup of artists that define the sound of the decade. Join Huey Lewis in the News, Richard Marks, Starship, Cool in the Gang, A Flock of Seagulls, Modern English, Naked Eyes, Tiffany, Wang Chung, and Jessie's Girl, the ultimate 80s party band, and the original MTV VJs, Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and Alan Hunter. As we cruise to exotic ports of core like Grand Turk, San Juan, St. Thomas, and the private island of Half Moon Key, don't forget to pack your best 80s looks because we're having a prom night, a movie costume party, pajama party, and neon beach party. You can't miss this. Sailing from February 28th through March 6th, 2016, for more information, log on to the80scruise.com or call 844-384-8080. And we're back. We have just a couple minutes left. Brad wants to talk about iHeartRadio, yeah. the American Top 40 channel. So have we talked about this on the show? I just I have great memories of the old Casey Kasem countdowns, and I think... You know, I'm not alone in that. I know Kevin Wench talked about it too when he was in in the studio there at the Lair um, this weekend. Thanks to another Missouri listener, Dave Dirt, um, he turned me on to iHeartRadio has a channel that is just classic 
uh, 70s and 80s American Top 40 playbacks. And they're great. It's just, they're so good. As much as I like listening to the, the VJ Top 40s on the 80s, it's just, it's the same songs, but it's not the same without, you know, Casey's Delivery and the, you know, here's the boys from Bath, Tears for Fears. <laughs> you know, it just, it's so great. I, I, I need a better word than great. I keep using it, but. They're a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, free to sign up. You know, it's one of a thousand streaming music services out there right now. But um, I've really been enjoying it this weekend. They've been playing uh, the top 100 songs of 1985 show, which is just an absolute time machine. Oh, my God. 1985. Jeez. Hey, let me ask you this. I mean, Casey Kasem, no longer with us. Do the Does the weird way in which his death happened and, and the subsequent handling of his body, does that take away at all from your enjoyment of listening to his countdowns not one bit no okay. no i mean the, that's it's like a i mean god that's 40 something years ago it's like a completely different part of his life my life everybody's life it no i, I that's completely separate just like i don't think about uh you know scooby-doo when i'm listening to the countdowns <laughs> okay i did not think you were gonna invoke the name of scooby-doo but now you've done that <laughs> The Scooby-Doo clause has been invoked. Oh, jeez. It's all downhill from Podcast here. Podcast over! Yeah, easily. That's interesting. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. We'll- yeah, yeah. It's You know what? And you just turn on and listen to it for a while. Um, yeah, they're great. So we've done our we've done now two episodes of uh, Rockers Gone Solo in the 80s. Um, I'm trying to compile a list, a master list for us to, to look at. To going draw forward so, we don't from. Rem- so we don't forget the names of... People that you and I talk about when you're uh, <laughs> when you're driving home and I'm drinking on the couch, right? Well, so the next time we don't do Brian Ferry again. Yeah, <laughs> people are free to to uh, to write in and suggest names. I will say that um, if it's an artist that we've kind of already covered a lot, like if you're going to suggest Michael Jackson, well, we've already kind of talked about. Yeah, him. we probably won't do Sting. Probably won't do Peter Gabriel, but um, because we, we couldn't have covered him any better than we did with Bass Note. But uh, some of the names that we have in the hopper, uh, someone like John Fogarty or Neil Young, even Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. uh, Don Henley, Robert Plant, so stuff like that, and uh, we'll have a we'll have a dab of do time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, that's not Scooby Doo. <laughs> I know it you works. One cartoon, one cartoon, two cartoons. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, download some of these great uh, albums that we're talking about. It's well worth your time and your money. Brad and I will remain here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a Class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly. Spearsy, Spearsy, wake up, wake up. <laughs> <laughs>